So Jesus picked out Peter and the other disciples. Now just as you saw inspiration in Ruth and Naomi, just as you saw inspiration in Mary and Martha, God just as you saw inspiration in the unseen people across the generations as you placed them for us to see, see them as people with influence. God, I believe now more than ever, this community needs persons of influence to affect positive change in our community. Uh, this is one way, just one of many ways that an individual can uh, come forward and begin to fill that role of influence to benefit your kingdom. It's your role and that the kingdom becomes here as it is in heaven. Jesus, and only these chairs that we fill the persons that you have called to lead this church. That we may get seven point orchards and new moments that we put in motion to hear from you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. And we're now say that confidently with assurance and faithfulness. The Lord's prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is now. Let us today our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. lesson this morning is a New Testament lesson that talks about an Old Testament uh, hero. This is from Hebrews 11, chapter 7. By faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. He was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. The result? His family was saved his act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the rightness of the believing world. As a result, Noah became intimate with God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, congregation this morning, one thing you do... Uh, that confirmation that uh, you heard God's voice and that's bad. That confirmation, I heard God's voice. Has, have you experienced that maybe years past, years ago, last week, this morning? How, how, how did you experience that? Was it, wow, this is affirming, this is exciting, I just can't wait to take the next step forward when you, you got confirmation on God's voice, right? Let me tell you about a story about 64 South Bowman. Uh, Ann and I, we got married in 1988, February 12th. And uh, she knew I was going to be a pastor. She knew she was going to be living, living in a parsonage. Uh, she knew all these things, but she didn't know what all that meant. You know what I'm saying? Well, one of many stories uh, for Pastor Kurt and Andy King is that, is that uh, you live in a parsonage, you take care of the parsonage. It's, you make 
to your own, but you don't own them. <laughs> because somewhere down the road, there's going to be the next person, whenever that is. Well, knowing that, and, uh, you know, we like to walk and, and go to different places and see different things after walking around. And, and this is one conversation that maybe we would have uh, as we walk down the street. And and say, oh, look at that house, Kurt. Wouldn't you love to, to buy that house? Isn't that, that the best house? I would love to live in that house. And then I look at the house. Oh, that's the worst house I ever saw. I have no way I want to live in that house. And then we turn the corner, and I go down the street to this side. Hey, what this this house? What this house just fits everything that, that I would like to see in a house. That I would like to buy. I just love this house. Don't you love this house? And he's, oh, Kurt, that's the last house I would buy. I would never buy that house. I mean, I can't count the number of times as a pastor, a pastor's wife, Kurt and Amy, that as we see house after house, and <laughs> we just didn't agree. Well, there's a lot of things, I think about it, there's a lot of things we don't agree on. Wow, a lot of stuff. There's a lot. Wow, I can make a list of that too. Which, and this is a confirmation of God's voice. And just so happens that the parsonage here is your coffee's at 480 Johnson Road. And we like to walk and walk the, the streets. There's not too many sidewalks in Chillicothe up on the hill there. So walking along the street in different places and around. And, and that same thing, maybe for the first few years, this house home. This house home. And then one day there was a for sale sign at 64 South Bowman. I don't think we ever, we walked by it, and we never really pointed it out together. But then, once this whole thing fails, because as pastor, let me just tell you, some things you plan, other things you just can't plan. And this, so timing is everything. Timing is everything. And just so happens that he and I were walking by this house, and we saw the sign, and he said, I like that. like that house too. We agree on something finally, right? We, we like this house. You know, a lot of things that have fallen in place. And just let you know that there's a, there was one moment in time that we made an offer on this house and we never heard anything back. And you know what? That was pretty disappointing. Now we're not going to get that house. The one house that we agree on, well, we did buy the house. And it fulfilled a vision for both of us in, in some way or form. And you might say that the vision has come together. Confirmation of God's voice is that this is what I see from you in the future. In the future. Now that we own this house, she has or her ideas on how to put the house together, and I have my ideas about how to put the house together, and we don't agree on anything. <laughs> and that's a good thing, because that's a good thing. But what unifies us is that we agree on this house, on this building, on this piece of property, because we have a common vision together.
I believe that was confirmation from the voice of God to Kurt and Andy. This is the right decision for me. So when we do have differences of opinion, we still are bound by a common vision. And that's what motivates us. That's our passion. That's where we are bound together in that vision of fulfilling this place that we call City for South Pole. Well, the verse in 7 says, His act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the righteousness of the believing world. As a result, Noah became intimate with God. Now, the verses you heard, the scripture tells us that Noah built a ship of dry land. And he believed in the things that he could not see. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. But God gave him a vision, a confirmation of the vision, and we know he built the ark. You might say, by doing this, he drew a line in the sand. So here we go. I'm going to put this blue tape. I'm going to draw a line. Because I was thinking about bringing sand into the church here, but Bill, we are our custodian. Wouldn't like that. It takes a lot to draw a line in the sand. <laughs> takes a lot. Takes a lot. I'm going to take all this tape. So Noah drew a line in the sand. Knowingly or unknowingly, but he drew it. And by drawing a line of sand, he was acknowledging that he's going to be a countercultural hero. The scripture says that Noah was different. He was different. And being different, probably he stood out amongst the people that that community. He didn't do things that normal, as normal people all around him did. We definitely got an ark of dry land. That was, that was crazy in itself. But he was different. Different than the community around him. Different. You know, just by putting this line right here for, uh, for a little part, you divide. And the scripture tells from believing to unbelieving. And when you, as an individual, draw a line in the sand, this is what I believe, this is where I'm going, it says, kind of defines you. Defines you. From the rest of the people, the rest of the community. And for Noah, he was a countercultural hero. Well, another way of saying that is, is that Noah's integrity and faithfulness stood in contrast to the culture around him. Remember last week, Enoch, he drew a line in sand, basically in a way that he wanted to please God. He wanted to please God. He wanted to be set apart something, for something different. And here we have Noah, his integrity, and 
he was in stark contrast to everyone around him. Well, when you think of it that way, I, I came across uh, this quote from John Wesley because when you contrast this community, you're up to ridicule, being made fun of, or seen as different, and say a negative way for them. But John Wesley said this about when we go through afflictions or sufferings or persecutions, uh, John Wesley said this, the quickest way to escape from your sufferings lies in a willingness to endure them so long as God pleases. The quickest way to escape from your sufferings lies in a willingness to endure, endure them so long as God pleases. This was not. We don't know how long exactly it took to build that ark. We just know that he was a countercultural to the world around because he's, God saw that Noah was different. He was a man of integrity. He was a man of faithfulness. And he said, this is what God called me to do. Even though I don't completely understand, I'm going to fulfill I'm going to do it. Well, in Psalms, in Psalm 33, 18, 19, message translation says, watch this. God's eye is on those who respect Him. The ones who are looking for His love. He's ready to come to their rescue in bad times and lean times. He keeps body and soul together. God is our rescue. God is our assurance. When we take a stand, we draw a line. When, when we say, I heard God's voice, and this is God calling me to, to follow in the steps. And I like the last part. He keeps my body and soul together. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but is your body falling apart? <laughs> yes, it is. We're all falling apart, no matter how old we are. But when we seek God, and desire to live a life of integrity and faithfulness, no matter what project that's in front of us, I mean, I'm talking ministry project, church project, whatever's in front of us, whatever God called us to build, I think God is going to rescue us in bad times. Not that, not that we're suffering anymore, but as John Wesley says, that we'll be pleasing to God in the midst of those sufferings. Draw a line. You draw a line in the sand, can't take it back. Oh, yeah, you can cover it up, right? Yeah, draw a line to see. But in the scriptures, Noah, by his integrity and character, he drew a line in his hand and defined him being a part of the, of the believing instead of the unbelieving. Let's go on to the next one uh, community. And in verse 9 of Genesis, Noah was a good man, a man of integrity, and here's the last part, in his community. In his community. When we draw a line and say, and when you're, when you're a countercultural hero, when we stand up for Christ and Christ's kingdom, you're going to look different, you're going to act different, you're going to be different, and the community's going to notice that. Well, at least I hope so. Seen as a man of integrity in his community. 
Now, as Methodists, we're teetotalers. But I had to use this uh, illustration as it relates to, to wine, and uh, you may someone here is a wine connoisseur. I'm, I'm definitely not. I'm not. But I know a little bit about uh, about wine, and, and I, I I came up with this this uh, couple sentences as it relates to integrity and a fine wine. Let's see if this makes sense. This may not may lick the off base. Passion your your clues when it comes to wine. So go on to the next illustration. Integrity is like a fine wine. It tastes better when aged properly, cared for at the proper temperature, and the harvest of the grapes linked to a renowned vineyard. That's how I see a fine wine created. It must be aged properly. You know, you have to age it properly and take care of the grapes properly. Care for the proper temperature, use the proper temperature to get to that point. And it seems like whatever this fine wine is, it comes from, did you know this wine came from this particular vineyard? Oh, wow. Ooh. Noah, his link to the vineyard was a God. You're at our link to the vineyard is, is Jesus Christ. Integrity in the community is linked to how we stay in proper communication with, with the Lord Jesus. That's why we talk about Bible study. That's why we talk about discipleship. That's why we maintain our relationship with God. Not on a once a week, one hour a week basis, but on a daily basis. You see, Noah seemed to be a community leader because he, he was really fully connected to God Almighty. And from our standpoint, he was a community hero. So Noah's lifestyle of integrity became the top of the community, and God took notice. Are you the top of the community? Positively? Are you a man, woman of integrity? Do they see you as someone of influence that will help change? Chilcothy of Ross County for God's kingdom, for God's glory. Has God taken notice? Maybe God has taken notice of you. Well, Psalm 23 kind of fits here to me. We know the entire psalm, and I know the King James Version. Yea, do I walk through the valley of shadow of death? I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and my staff, they come with me. If you are a man, a woman of integrity, and you're seen as part of a community that stands out, there's going to be times when you might be walking the shadow of death. Fear no evil, for God is with you. rod and your staff, they, they come with you. So Noah was seen as a community hero, community leader. Third and final five, really to me, the most important one. Noah was imperfect. He was an imperfect. 
perfect hero. And the Muslim translation, uh, not only was he different, this verse is kind of linked there, that he was different, but God liked what he saw in them. Now, I don't know about you, but growing up over the years, and I say this to a lot of people as well, you know, as, uh, as a leader, as an influence, you want to encourage generations, the next generation. Uh, what that means is, oh, well, you've got a lot of potential. <laughs> I see something in you, but you sure have a lot of potential. You understand? I heard a lot of that coming out of high school, out of college, out of college, and I heard you got a lot of potential. God liked what he saw in Noah. Noah was imperfect. There's chapters in Genesis like could read to you about, let's say, the, the imperfection of Noah. Noah's sinfulness. That he was human. And that's what in some ways uh, the flood and no story is all about the fall, the falling nature of humanity and God wanting to destroy it all. But he saves those who are in the ark to start over. Because water changes everything. God liked what he saw in Noah. So let me just tell you this. Noah's integrity afforded him God's blessing even though he was not without sin. That's why when I came over here and prayed, we don't have to have it all together. We do not have to have it all together. We have to know that we're broken. We have to know that we're sinful. We have to know that we need God's help more than anything. But if we wait until I'm perfect, God can't use you. But if you believe that God can use imperfect people, broken people, and, and know that you're, you're striving to be a person of integrity, God will use you. Because you're making yourself available to God. An empty chair will make empty until someone says yes. God, what do you say? What? Build an uh, ark? Build a boat on dry land? God, you didn't say that, did you? Yeah, I, that's what I said. And build an ark. God, did you really say to buy 64 South Bowman? God, is that what you said? Because 89 degree, and that's, that's rare. Yes, why is it before it's not going? It's going to take a lot of work, God. It's going to take a lot of money, God. Take a lot of effort, God. Yes, I know it's going to take a lot of effort. Matthew 11. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover from your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. 
Walk with me. Work with me. Watch what I do, Jesus says. When will you draw the line? When will you do that? I know it's going to take a little, little courage. It's going to be a little fear and trepidation. Don't, don't step into the unknown. This Trinity Church, as we move forward, we're stepping into the unknown. Even though I walk through the valley of shadows, I'll fear no evil. When we draw a line, you may have your own line you need to draw. But we as a church, once they focus on our purpose and vision, and you heard them last week, and you'll hear them next week. And uh, before I share this, is that the main program, uh, My Attitude Determines Everything, for our teenagers here in Chillicothe in Ross County. It's drug-free clubs of America. It's called Keys to Success. It's called several things. But for you and I, basically, is we want to help the next generation of leaders make a difference. And you can help make a difference. First, you can draw a line in the sand by giving a donation to the Buck 50, the organization sponsoring drug-free clubs of America. In support of the next generation of leaders being drug-free. We've already got $220, $250 so far. And so I think that's a good start for us. <clears throat> so that could be one way you can draw a line. The second, uh, and this is all, all this is in your bulletin as well, as well if you were following my outline this morning, you can draw a line in the sand by standing along Paint Street on October 27th at 9 a.m. in support of the Ross County students. There should be over 2,300 students that are going to walk from Yachtiji Park up to the courthouse, and there's going to be a rally at the courthouse, rally to some support of these students who said, yes, I will make a difference uh, in, my, in my life for the next generation, to be drug-free. And there'll be people like ourselves, others who we support along the street, saying, encouraging them. We need to encourage our younger generation, the next generation. Or finally, maybe in a more tangible, practical way, I'll draw a line to stand and help serve Ross County students lunch on October 27th. It'll all be organized through the program. What they need is just hands, bodies to help pass the food out to the kids. Uh, 2,300 kids. That many kids in about 15 or 20 minutes. That's a lot of, a lot of food instantaneously to get them to the next thing. Three very practical ways of drawing a line in the sand. Do you hear God's voice? When's the last time you heard God's voice? I know you have. I know you have. Let's pray together. Jesus, uh, I just pray that you would raise up one more hero. God, that you would raise up four more leaders. That you would just uh, uh, give an anointing and encouragement to the seven people who are on the transformation team. That you would uh, allow uh, the 12 people who are president of the leadership board uh, be persons, uh, agents of change and transformation, uh, adapting to this 21st century that we're living in. God, maybe, here's the, here it is, God, maybe for another one, this piece of cake that we 
and here we are this morning. And what we're asking the church to do is even harden the building an ark. But God, we, we just trust in you that you provide what we need when we need it, and that we'll put in motion what we hear from God. So speak to us, Lord. Transform us in Jesus' name. Amen.